0: Welcome, you're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Today is Mother's Day and we are happy for all uh, all the months and for everything they have done. I I couldn't miss the opportunity to speak about a mom from the Bible, if you could put that theme or a title in this message. I like this one. How can I make God remember me? How can I make God remember me? Uh, this, this sounds a bit weird because God doesn't forget anything because God doesn't have this kind of problem with, we have sometimes. Memory, remember, remember, we lost things, we lost the key, forget a uh, date, we forget something, yeah? You forget the date of your marriage. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend you forget this <laughs> because you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but um, of course, God doesn't have this problem. But there is a beautiful story in the Bible talking about a woman, amazing woman. We're gonna find out more reading. In the first book of Samuel, chapter one, and first book tells a story about the Samuel and his mom, first of his mom. Uh, we're gonna read some verses here. So the first verse is: "There was a certain man from uh, Ramatayim, uh, Zufit, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah." Son of Yerohan, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf the He had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other one Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah, Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice. To the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came from Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. This is now let's see let's see what the background of the story. First of all, let's think about the names because every name here there is a name. So El means God has obtained. God has obtained. Hana means favored favored with grace. And Penina the name Penina means a pearl, it has ground, a ruby, precious stone. And the place where every year they went to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty is called Shilo. Shiloh means tranquil, secure, successful. So it's a place of tranquility. Hannah did not have children, just not. Just to generate offspring for herself and her, her husband. In, this is a very concerning thing because, sorry, in the ancient world, men felt pressure to have children. As children were an important part of family economic structure, they were a source uh, of help at work. And it was their responsibility to take care of their parents and when they reached old age. Having several children was a symbol of status and wealth. As an ancient society, many young people were killed in the battles and war. And for this reason, families sought to have many children, so that family descent was guaranteed. Taking this information, we can see there is no problem here, because Elkanah has children from Penina. Is everything fine? But, for the order of the names, the first wife that was pointed here, was highlighted here, the first one, is Hannah. Penina was later. So Hannah uh, didn't want to have children just to generate offspring for herself and her husband, of course. But with Penina, the situation was resolved. and. She had given birth to sons and daughters, according to verse 4. We can infer from the test that Hannah was the first wife, and she was barren. The wife was obliged, according to the customs of the ancient uh, the Middle East, to give one of her servants to her husband so that he could have children through her. When a woman could not have children according to that, The habit and the custom of the the culture, the husband, could separate, could divorce from his wife, if he wanted to. And that would be a great dishonor to the despised wife and her family. And to make things worse, let's think about the situation, about the mentality, mind of Hannah. Hannah is the first wife. Her, Her responsibility was to provide children. Not only for the saint, not for uh, take out all of this information. This is historical, very good, nice. But think about a, a woman, a woman married. The first thing she wants is to have children, have a child from her womb. This is her dream. This is to fulfill the purpose of her life. But she couldn't provide this, she couldn't get it. And now, her husband says, oh look, time is flying, I need children, we need children, we need children for a, a lot of reasons, so I'm going to take another wife. And he took another wife, and then the second wife was very successful, a lot of children, sons and daughters, sorted, sorted for Penina, Sorted for Elkanah, but was not good for Hannah. Okay, so, because the Lord had closed her womb. That's very interesting here. God closed. So God has power of life, over life. Because the Lord had closed uh, Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her. I'm reading verse 6 in order to irritate her, irritate her, irritate her, evoking her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Oh no, he didn't say that. <laughs> no, because in a woman mentality, when the hell did he say this? It's like I slap in the face. No, you're not. enough for me. I need children. For the moment, words. This is a declaration of war. <laughs> so be careful when you try to <laughs> share your moments. Choose your words then wisely. Uh, okay, so to worse the situation, Penina always, always to make matters worse, rival wife Penina was constantly teasing her. You see her children. <laughs> Can you imagine that situation? You're living with someone that is always provoking you, teasing you, throwing at your face things that you can't do, reminding you and making your life miserable. Can you imagine that situation? So, in the Bible, the social status gained by producing children, especially males, often set woman against woman. You can find more examples in the Bible. I'll give you two more. Sarah versus Hagar, the Egyptian. Another one is Rachel versus Nia. So, they are fighting for this, over this matter, you know? Even soil Elkanah loved her. This is amazing. After he said that. Verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now a leader priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you look on your servant's misery and remember me, I love this word. Remember me. And not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Yes. The woman, she has a husband that loves her so much. But that was not enough. Perhaps you can find yourself in similar situations in our life. Sometimes we can find something or anything preventing you from fulfilling your role, your mission, your calling by God. Even so, you are loved by someone. You are loved by your mom, you are loved by your dad, you are loved by your spouse, for your husband, for your wife. And still are valued and cherished, but that is not enough. Because there's something missing. To make matters worse, the peninas of our life, they appear from nowhere. Sometimes we listen that word of provocation in our uh, daily basis, in our day-to-day activities. Sometimes we listen that from people we love. Even amongst our family, the peninas are all around, which provoke us, which are through thorns and flash, you pray, you ask the Lord, you present the uncomfortable situations in which you find yourself, but since it seems that God does not remember. It seems that God is not listening to you. Sometimes you feel like that. We can see this in the Bible. This is ancient things. This is not something new. Let's learn. Something from Hannah. The first, first point I'm going to give you this morning. Don't let the situation define the course of your story. Don't let the situation, the environment, dictate the way and the direction of your life. Don't allow that. Hannah could only complain uh, or conform to the situation. Just two ways here, two exits. Or you complain and moan about, or you just conform yourself and say, Oh, that's my life, that's my curse, I'm gonna live that forever. God is not listening to me, God turns his back on me. So it's finished, it's gone, game over. She could do that, but no, she said, No, that's not enough. On verse nine. Hannah stood up. She stood up. Hey, stand up. Don't keep the things like they are. Don't accept it. Both choices would be harmful to her future. So Hannah shows us that it is worth persevering and having faith. It pays to trust God's plans for us. We can read in the book of Job, chapter forty-two, verse 2. That I know that you can do all things. And that not thought or purpose of yours can be restrained. Note that after years and years of this situation. There was a moment when Hannah stood up. She took action. She said, enough. Maybe God is willing to hear from your lips saying, enough. For situations in your life or peninas that are saying bad things and provoking you every day. It seems that something had turned the key to her spiritual life. She had understood that her struggle was not against flesh and blood, but was a battle of prayer, and she would take, she must take action in that field. God God brought me here this morning and gave me this one more opportunity to get you up. To say to you, stand up, don't accept, don't let the situation define the course of your story. Like Jesus said to that paralytic at Capernaum, or Capernaum, in Mark chapter 2, verse 11, I say to you, get up, pick up your mats, and go home. So Jesus is saying to you this morning, get up, stand up. Okay, it's time to get up, church. Don't listen to the penins that has appeared in your life. Just listen to what the, the Spirit has to say to you. Second point. Make a commitment to God. And be clear in what you want from Him. God likes clarity and commitment. So, Anna stood up. And she went to the house of the Lord. And she was in anguish, deep anguish, prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow, and she was very specific in her desires. First, I want a child. Two, I don't want a daughter, I want a son. And three, I give him back to the Lord. Simple like that. That's amazing. She said, I want a child, I want a son, and I and now, Lord, if you give me this son, I'll give him to the work of the Lord. He's going to be a priest to the Lord's house forever. Can you imagine that courage, that bravery of their woman? Amazing. It's amazing. Hannah made a vow, a commitment. She would be willing to sacrifice even what was most precious to her. He knew that everything comes from God, and belongs to God, as David in his prayer declared, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, indeed everything, that is in the heavens and on the earth. Yours is the dominion and kingdom, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as it over all. So everything is yours. Even if you give me, this son I wish is yours, belongs to you, I will give him back to you. That's amazing. Hannah was clear on what she wanted. She asked for a son a boy and already defined what his profession or vocation would be. Once she finished proposing this vow, look what happened. Has she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Elie thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine? And she answered, No, not so, my lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant. For with the woman, I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Spotlight. Once you finish, there is one more test here. Priest Ellie judges Hannah by her appearance, and this can be seen as another obstacle for her. And sometimes people judge us. People, people judge us by our appearance, by the way we speak. By our, the way we think. And sometimes it's a test. But look at the situation of this woman. She was at the Lord's house. She was praying to the Lord. She finished to, to make a vow to the Lord. And the priest couldn't understand. And said, you're drunk. Can you imagine it now? There's something stuck here. If she gave it to the priests. A bad answer, or enter an argument. She could ruin everything. You know what I mean? She could ruin everything. <laughs> what to answer to the priest? A wrong answer, a disagreement could ruin everything. But Hannah was wise and gentle. She handles the situation in an exemplary way and has a reward. She receives a word of blessing from the priest in verse 17. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. That's amazing. She passed the test and received a, a, a word of blessing. Because if you pay, pay, really attention. She didn't say she asked for something. The test says, and her answer she said, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. Okay. I'm not drink, drinking wine or beer, okay? I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord, okay? Do not take yourself for a week tomorrow, okay? I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. She didn't say she asked for something. You got that? Can you listen to that? You understand that? She didn't say I asked for something, I I made a vow. No! But the priest said, Of course, the Spirit of the Lord using his mouth said. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Amazing. She passed the test. No. Now, it was just a matter of resting because God is faithful to fulfill his promises. As we sung a few minutes ago, great is your faithfulness to me. Okay. Third point. Be faithful. Because God rewards faithfulness. Be faithful. Trust in the Lord. Verse 18, she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way way, and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked asked the Lord for him. Hannah was taking care and gave birth to a son, another test of her faith. She names the boy Samuel, which can mean heard of God or asked of God. Who oh, asked to God. Every time she called the boy by name, she would remember the vow she made. The boy would grow up knowing his origin, his mission, and his principles. And what is that? What is his mission? What's his principles? What is your mission? What are your principles? Every time someone says, Samuel. The boy would remember, I've been asked by God, I've been asked to God. My mom asked God for me, for myself, to come to this world for a special purpose. Hannah decides to hand over her most precious possession, Samuel, to serve the Lord forever. And that would be right after the boy was weaned. When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah didn't go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there forever. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home, and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, weaned uh, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour, around 16 kilos, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been, had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Elie. And she said to him, That's amazing. Pardon me, my Lord. As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Amazing. This is awesome. She gave the boy. She was faithful. And she made her part. Accomplished the vow. After the boy was weaned. That means he would no longer need breast milk. Breast milk but that doesn't mean he wouldn't miss his mother. Can you imagine the situation? How traumatic that situation was. The boy certainly cried, the father cried, because he was the first son of the love of his life, first wife. Few people, can, uh, few people care whether the father would suffer from, his, from this vow from Hannah, because remember, the vow was between Hannah and God. Nobody asked what Hannah would say or his opinion, he just accepted. By faith, he was giving his son his word. God then multiplied Hannah and of seed. In chapter 2, verse 21, we read, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. What does that mean for me and for you? Be faithful in your commitment to the, to the Lord. He will multiply your seeds and reward your faithfulness. That's amazing. We serve a God that rewards our faithfulness. And as you can read in the Psalm nine 8, eighteen, for the poor will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the burden perish forever. Do you think do you think that God has forgotten you? For a moments of your life, maybe you can think about it. Let me tell you this morning, don't fall. Don't fall for the devil's fake news about yourself. You are not forgotten. You are not away from the Lord's will. You are part of God's plan to this world. And you have an important role. You play important role here. Your life is precious. And your life. Your ministry. Your activities. Your presence. Wherever you go. Is designed by the Lord. You have put them there. God put you there. You are there. Because God put you there. To represent Him. Wherever you go. You are taking the presence of the Lord. You represent the Lord Himself. So. So. Don't listen to the peninas. Don't listen to Peninas that they are in your job, the peninas, in your family, in your social, you know, connections, network. As you can see in Psalm 37, verse 45, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. Also, and he will do it. The life of Hannah, Samuel's mother, is inspiring and and has precious lessons for our own lives. Let me remind you, let me me remind you, we must not give up on the dreams that glorify God. You have a dream, you have a dream, and that dream glorifies God, so don't give up. Don't give up. We must not listen to the opposers. Don't listen to peninas. When you identify a penina talking to you, in your mind you just say, you know nothing. You don't know me. You don't know the Lord ourself. You have no idea. I said, the Lord. Everything, the Lord Almighty. He is my Lord. He's is my King. So We have no idea what is going on here then we must always look to the providence of the Lord. Lord is providing everything. Lord is providing for your life. Lord is blessing you and giving you purpose. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelanchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.